welcome to episode 110 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast, The Spoiler Card. I'm one of your hosts, Dan McGuinness, and joining me on my midnight madness meat train of murder is my co-host, Jennifer, the Dream Warrior. Strand. Come to daddy. Oh dear. <laughs> yes, each fortnight, Jennifer and I set ourselves a movie to watch, and then we go through it, uh, you know, scene by scene, nitpick the fuck out of it, so it's completely spoiled, so you don't have to watch it, which is... Surprisingly weird of a lot of people like for some reason because they're like, oh, I don't have time to watch the films, but you've got time to watch, listen to us talk about it for the same length of time. Yeah, but you could be listening to us while you're doing the dishes or at the gym. That's true. That's true. Eating your lunch. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's a deep dive into glorious gore, hard edits, cheesy acting, directing madness, severed wangs, and compound fractures. Together, we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster slash movie land membership cards. Ooh. Um, we have a rating system, so you're not left, like, twiddling your separate dick in your hand. I couldn't even say that, eh? I like the idea of it just twiddling. Yeah, like, sp- I was doing, yeah. I was <laughs> like waving a, my like finger around as if I was twiddling, <laughs> like, spinning a dick, you know, like, um, devil stick style, <laughs> you know, like, the, like the hippies used to do. Yep. Yeah, I can spin a dick on my hand. It's I'm like- going to get you a dick keychain so you can do that. Oh, great. Awesome. So, yes, rating system. Uh, we have A is awesome, everybody should watch. B is our beer and chicken wing group movie where high fives thrive. F is a fun and dumb pile of trash. C is a classic that's worth a watch. U, underrated. O, an overrated motherfucker. G, good for its time but is not held up. We've got the J, Jen special, a D-grade movie only I would like. We've got the D, Dan special, a movie with lots of practical effects, dismemberment and dicks. We've got the W, whatever, waste of my time. The Kesha, a low-budget hot mess. The C minus, craft is stellar, but I hate the content. And of course, we have the McConaughey, the fucking fucked. We watched it. You really don't have to. And this week on, was this my choice? This is your choice. Yeah, and so is next week's basically. That is fine. <laughs> um, I, I chose Hellraiser yep. one, and I accidentally uh, uh, acquired uh, Hellraiser uncut, and I've got in brackets here, like my dick, like your dick. Um. <laughs> Anyhow, there's, th- there's been so much dick talk already in this. We're That's not going to mention dicks again. Are there any dicks there in the movie? There is a couple of, well, there's a couple of dick shots. They're very small and like yeah, right. not as much dick as I would have thought. You thought? Yeah. Being a Clive Barker film? Exactly. Uh, so, and it's 1987. Mm-hmm. So we're, this, And this is the OG. This is like fucking, this is where it all started for all this stuff. It would have started, actually, no, yeah, I think the novella, because he wrote the novella. And then he uh, put it into a magazine, and then he did the film, and then they published the novella. So theoretically, in theory, the film the the film came out before the book, but it didn't. Technically, technically. if you want to be technical, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I think that is just how it went, but it, I mean, it, it's based on the book. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can't argue with that. Uh, so Hellraiser Uncut, directed by Clive Barker, screenplay by Clive Barker, starring Doug Bradley, Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence, who's a babe, Sean or Sheen, 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 Bean, Sean, Sean Chapman. Um, a budget for this film was one million, and the box office return was fourteen point six. That's a good one. That is a success. That is a actual success. Big old, of. big old. Success. What's its a catchphrase? And Snoppo. He'll tear your soul apart. (laughs) (laughs) An unfaithful wife encounters the zombie of her dead lover while the demonic Cenobites are pursuing him after he escaped their sadomasochistic 
underwear. Okay, none of that's true. Eh? <laughs> he is not a zombie. And you know what they're not doing? Pursuing him ever in the film. They didn't even... No. They, they had no idea. No one escapes us. Yeah, they do. Oh, fuck. He's like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so that is... That's a terrible synopsis. <laughs> like, you didn't get it right. Thanks, Letterboxd. Yeah. You fucked it. Okay, so the film opens, black screen, white underlined credits. Did you mm-hmm. notice? Like, I did. Who underlines their credits? It's, it's just like, take note. Yeah. Like, these, these people are important. This is Hellraiser. <clears throat> yeah. In I've, case you didn't know, Hellraiser. It wasn't just that. Every person's name had, un- it was just underlined they chose. I've never seen it before. Everyone's important. And it's got the also the haunting Hellraiser theme. Mm-hmm. Um You'll, you'll, you'll know it if you hear it. Yeah. I've owned it on vinyl because you gave it to me, Jen. Heck yeah. And it has like a little... I pop. also have it on vinyl. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I've been listening to it on repeat recently. Good. Been practicing for my big Hellraiser episode, which is next week. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyhow, um, so yeah, we get that. Uh, it opens to like a, a dark room, you know, comes up. we got a dude sitting in a, a square of candles, like, you know, yeah. on the ground. He's put candles around him. We can't see anything around him. And this is Frank. I've got in my notes, because I've seen this film so many times, I haven't bothered to, like, introduce the characters. I'm just like, Frank is sitting and doing the box. I, I know everyone's name, so. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Frank is first. I skipped the whole scene. You did. Yeah. Uh, That's okay. First, we see someone buying the box from basically an old Chinese man. It's, yeah, it's, it's all like very a, close a up. market kind of thing, like the monkey paw kind of market. Yeah, yeah. You know. It could also be in, like, it, it, it's uh, he, the guy's got like a Chinese accent mm. that we can hear, but it might not even be in China. No, I, it, I got the vibe it was in like, oh, what's that country that um like Naked Lunch is like set in? I don't know, oh. like Marrakesh or somewhere. Yeah, like one yeah. of those like places where everyone doesn't know, like the the mass world doesn't know much about. Yes. So everyone th- th- is the theory is that this is where all the weird stuff happens because we don't know about this yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. It's where it's where you would buy your your. Your gremlin or something. Yeah, yeah. That kind of place. Anyhow. Yeah. I think gremlins, they just bought the gremlin from, like, it's not even in China. It was just Chinatown, yeah. America. Like, yeah. And I I never got that when I was a kid. I was like, are they in China? <laughs> no, they're not. No, because he, he just catches a bus <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, now, as soon as we get that, have that scene, uh, we, we cut to the scene of Frank sitting in a dark room in a square of candles solving the box, the puzzle box. The goal, if you haven't, I, I assume, I should assume you haven't seen this film. The box is like a square Rubik's Cube shaped hot, like wooden box with like gold ornate crap all around it. It's very pretty. Patterns, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it's um, I'm looking at one right now across yeah. the room. I can see mine. Um, yeah. He says uh, the room, you know, starts to creak. You know, light up, blue you know. light, like little cracks come in the wind. Smoke screen. Lots of blue lights shine through the cracks and stuff like that. He looks around. He's like, "What the fuck's going on with this room? It doesn't matter. Got to get to my pu- back to my puzzle. <laughs> Solve my puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> Solve my puzzle." And yeah, he uh, fiddles around and like. I can't remember in the scene if it shows the actual box moving or anything. Yeah, yeah. We definitely see the box sort of opening up a bit. and then you moving it around and then him like re sort of centering it and that sort of. Yeah, the know, box. The a... more he does it, the more that starts to sort of happen around him. The box has about four or five steps in yeah. it that you see throughout the films and stuff like that. Once a couple of the steps happen, 
And uh, and the, these steps that the box does are like theoretically impossible, I think. But they actually made one recently that can do it. Like yeah, yeah, no, well, it's an actual puzzle box. Like these things are real. Yeah, but not except to the without point, the demons. Well, you can't turn it into a diamond. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you know, some of the things are real. Anyhow, fucking chains, chains with fish hooks on the end, burst out of the box and grab, go into Frank's skin. We see him close up, little like hooks going into yeah. some latex and yeah. shit. He has a scream. Close up of Frank screaming Aah! into the camera. End of scene. So we've just seen a scene of him opening the box and we assume that shit goes fucked for him. Mm. And it does because we cut to what I just wrote, hell. <laughs> like, so it's a room, dark room, chains hanging everywhere. It's kind of like cold looking light. Chunks of flesh are nailed to poles that are spinning oh, around. This is nice. The whole fucking ground is covered in guts. Yeah, guts. So the first visceral. time I... The first time I experienced this film, I uh, watched like the one off of television that I, we, uh, my dad taped because, you know, it was, um, I was young. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it was, very, it was heavily modified. So all that footage of like them treading on the floor, the guts, it was yeah. basically just gore all over the floor. None of that was in my original version, which I still, but I still enjoyed it kind of thing. Yeah. But I noticed now because I watched that version so much, I can see the little extra scenes that are in yeah. there now. And I'm like, oh. I always like that. Like yeah. the bit. And then we see like, we see Pinhead um, walking around in this thing. Pinhead is the Cenobite. Yeah, well, actually, we've never even introduced to them yet, have we? No, we, we, we introduced to, like, the female Cenobite who, you know, all the other Cenobites get a name. She's just referred to as female Cenobite. The female, but she's also referred to later on as Deep Throat is her actual name, like Cenobite <laughs> name because of her throat being pulled. Anyhow, we see two <laughs> Cenobites. The Cenobites are people from hell. Yes. Uh, they're the people who, like, when, you know, you fucking solve the puzzle box, they come and drag you into hell. They're soul reapers, basically. Yeah, they're they're invented by Clive Barker. They're basically kind of fetish-inspired, um, like, uh, leather fetish S&M-inspired outfits they wear. They have tight leather stuff, but they also have a lot of body mutilation all over them mm. kind of thing that they're fine with because, like, their whole thing is it's about pleasure. and Yeah. The limits of pleasure, the limits of, you know, all that kind of stuff. Anyhow, like Pinhead uh, is the main one. His name's not actually Pinhead. He's only ever referred to in the novel and the film as uh, the head priest. Yeah. He's actually called the head priest, but everyone has called him Pinhead, and apparently Clive Barker fucking hates it. He does, yeah. yeah I heard that. Because it's not his name. No. Just because he doesn't even have pins in his head. He's got nails. Well, that's the thing. Like, with the marketing for this film, the original marketing, they were just going to go with the skinless Frank, but... Like, Doug Bradley came out so, like, looking so good as Pinhead that they're like, nah, this shit's got to go on the thing. And that's created this, like, iconic character that's really not in it that much. I watched the making of this film this week as well. And when they first made the Pinhead outfit, we're just going to call him Pinhead. I'm not going to call him the head priest or the Mm. high priest of hell. Um, They did it originally with pins. Yeah. Actual pins. And then when they filmed it, they're like, you can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> so they got like little, like really thin, hollow, uh, like tubing metal, cut them to the same length, well, uh, stuck nail heads onto the end of them and slid them over the pins. Oh. So when they were doing the costuming, they could just pull all the pins off at the end and then pull the pins out of the, the latex and then put the pins back into the latex and put the, the nails over the top. And the, oh. he said it worked out really well and it was just a mistake because we oh. just had to make them thicker. I love when the shit like that happens. Yeah. Hey, I've got lots of little dumbo facts. 
we'll get into that. Bit yeah. Later. Anyhow, uh, we also have Steep Throat there, who's the lady Cenobite. Her, like, uh, no Cenobites have any hair on them, which is I really like. And it's mm. kind of also coming back to that kind of S&M-y, like, shaved, hairless kind of thing. Clive Barker just writes sex. Yeah. Like, there's, like, those memes. Hey, Clive Barker, how do you write a good horror? You don't write horror, you just write sex. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, sex is... Yeah, and like no other horror films do this. No, not really. Not I, so. I couldn't imagine and, and another none film. Of them, and none of the other horror, like, like, horror the film that Clive Barker didn't write knew this. No. No, They're no, no. They really about- just sort of skim over that. I'm guessing a lot of it is because of the ratings. Like, oh, you want a, a rating that is appropriate? Well, you got to cut out like 30 minutes of sex. Yeah, but it's, no, no, but it's not that he does. He doesn't just put sex into his films. The theme is like desire and lust and uh, like the representation of pleasure at its limits mm. is like, you know, pain kind of thing. Pleasure, at, if it gets too much, turns into pain. Yeah. And that's where the Cenobites come in. And so you, you, you open this box wanting the ultimate in pleasures and pleasure at some point becomes pain. Like, yeah as all great divinal songs tell you. <laughs> like, um, like, and so yeah, that's kind of what they're about, like yeah. kind of thing. I'm not going to get into massively into this because I'm going to get it massively oh, into, you are, it, you're going into the next episode, but I'm not going to talk much about the first film because we're doing this whole episode on it. Well, yeah. I might say some you know, bits and bobs, but the next episode isn't going to be about like uh, how the films were made and stuff like that. It's going to be the story. So basically by the end of next episode, you, you will feel like you know everything about Hellraiser. It's like the lore and, yeah. the, and the canon and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go in. Otherwise, it would be like fucking eight hours. You have to talk about every part of every film. and blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, we're still in this fucking scene. <laughs> <laughs> They're walking around. Like Pinhead gets the box. He's, he recombobulates it back into like, you know, uh, back into being normal again kind of thing. We see fucking gore everywhere. We hear, like, it's got some weird sounds happening as if, like, there's other torturous things happening yep. in, like, other rooms or whatever. Like, we we hear, like, haunted kind of, like, me- uh, nursery rhymey kind of shit going on. We hear babies crying. Like, real fucking, yeah. like, emotion-inducing weird sounds. Yeah. We see them fucking... Get picking up bits of gore body, putting it on the table, reconfiguring. We can see it's Frank's face, Ooh. so they're rebuilding. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, fuck, man, that is a scene. That is a scene. <laughs> Such a good scene. Just the ground, just being covered in entrails. They just walk around on, and it's like this isn't just the room where it happened to Frank. Others yep. have been. This has happened to and shit like that. And you're like, fuck, man, good on you. Yeah. This is like what I thought horror films were gonna be like. Yeah. And that, this is what that is. Um, yeah, so he jigsaws Frank's pa- face back together and stuff. And that's about it, really. That's it. And we cut to, uh, a family, a husband and wife, basically unlocking a door, entering this house. A new house. A new house. It's a fresh start, you know. It's at the house that Frank solved the puzzle box in. We can say, basically, I think we're supposed yeah. to know that. Yeah, so it's Larry and Julia. Larry and Julia. Now, Larry is Frank's brother, and he hasn't been back to the house in 10 years. He hasn't heard from Frank in God knows how long, but he assures Julia that this change, you know... They're um, moving in. They're moving in. It could be good for them. It could be good for her. He's just, you know, he's trying to give her the little... Julia's apprehensive. She's very She's apprehensive. got a sourpuss face. She does. She's like, she's not into this move. She's like... Nah. 
she's just a bit off, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, she, she starts to sort of look around the house. She heads upstairs while this is happening. Frank, he heads into the kitchen and he finds it absolutely disgusting. I it's like, overrun I, I, I like this maggots. scene though. Cause like first it, right, Larry goes into like another room and he goes, what's that noise? And I'm like, he walks across the hall down the hill and he goes into the kitchen and there's a plate of maggots. I'm like, they're the loudest maggots in the world. <laughs> he heard them from down a hall in another room. Oh, I've never been around a, a, that many maggots, but maybe they do make a sound that big. There's lots of maggots in this film yeah. and it was my first encounter of maggots in, yeah. in like the idea of like, Crybox has got this really idea of, 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 of what decomposing is and shit. And like, it's, it's just different. It's just accurate and mm. weird that's why he films like people are so attracted to them i think yeah um you know they go up in like a room and they find a whole bunch of like squatters shit and they larry's like frank's been here i can yeah. tell there's a, there's a there's a nudie mag you know so he's like he must have fucking bailed like he, and you can tell frank does not like his brother yeah, like, yeah. Larry Frank's and Frank a... clearly have a pretty tense relationship <clears throat> but the phone rings and Larry goes running back downstairs Answers the phone. It's Kirsty, his daughter. And while this is happening, he's on this phone. We cut back to Julia and she starts sort of rummaging through all of Frank's things. And of course, she finds a stack of uh, sexy photos. Sexy photos. Sexy Polaroids. So, all of the, the previous women he has clearly bedded, he has been taking photos. Or oh, he's been like experiencing different levels of like desire and pleasure with them because there's some pretty weird photos there. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, and so she's just like, whoo, 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 she pockets one. Oh, yeah, she's, she does pocket she one. She clearly has history with this Frank, her, mm-hmm. the brother. Yeah, something ain't right there. Um, but, uh, we get also the idea from Kirsty uh, talking to Larry, her dad on the phone that, like, she's not really into Julia. And he's like, yeah. come over and, like, try and get along. Move in. You know, she's like, no, no, I'm a grown woman. I'm going to find my own job. I'm going to stand on my own TV. I've got a room somewhere else. I don't need you. But she's like, I'll come by the house, though. Yeah, I'll come by the house. Sure, I'll come by the house. Um, but she, she's clearly, she's not into the whole idea no. of, of her and Julia, him no. and Julia. So she rocks up to the house. So Larry is, it's moving day. Larry's dealing with a couple of like dickhead removalists who are clearly eyeing off Julia, who doesn't like that. Those dudes are like the, like those removalists are just the makeup guy, like guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're just like, Hey guys, can you just sort of stand in for this? He says that line. He just blatantly cracks onto... Kirsty, as soon as she walks yeah, in, yeah, literally like, walks through. She's got the her door. mother's looks, yes. And like Larry's like, her mother's dead. It's like, oh, savage. Ooh, he's like, clearly, yeah. So while this is all happening, <clears throat> Kirsty's rocked up in the house. Larry's off getting beers for the removalist. Julia's upstairs, and she is having some flashbacks. Flashbacks. So we meet. Frank, this is her and Frank's first encounter. He rocks up at the house. She answers the door. It's he, raining. It's, he, he's, he's all wet. wet and sexy. He's like, I'm brother Frank. But he, like, was his voice dubbed over? Because, it did, like, his voice versus his face were two different things. No, that's his voice. It, he, might, he might have just, he might have dubbed his own voice later. Yeah, but he's maybe. got a really low voice. I yeah. think he's supposed to be, like, this dashing, dark alluring gentleman to, to me he just looks 80s as fuck yeah I'm he like, looks like a heroin addict he does yeah he looks yeah, like there the was kind of, nothing sexy about that man he's like a guy alluring. that would, you'd find you'd find rock up fight dead in an opium den <laughs> in a fucking in a, like a foreign country like yeah, you know 100 yeah and he's that kind of guy he's so a guy that goes to thailand and you're like why are you going to thailand yeah no you're that dude yeah yeah anyway, 
He's at the door. He's like, I'm Brother Frank. Mm-hmm. And Julia's like, Ooh, I'm yeah, moist. Yeah, she's, she's, she's also wet in she's her own way. <laughs> um, so <coughs> while this is happening, uh, Kirsty comes and interrupts her. It's, her flashback? It's not great. Yoink. You know? <laughs> Yoinks her out of it. Zoink. But, you know, so she sort of bails out because she's clearly having a flashback moment that she wants to continue having. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we cut back to, you know, another flashback and she's she gives in to temptation. So she, Frank is there for the He's wedding. too alluring. He's yeah, there for the wedding between Julia and Larry and instead they decide to fuck on her wedding dress. On her wedding night, on I assume. Her, yeah. Uh, she clear, and then it cuts back and we so, so they had their, their night of passion and he's like, it's not enough. <laughs> it's never enough. I like, tell himself, and she goes, I'll do anything you want. Anything. He's like, anything. Yeah. Anyhow, we cut back. She comes back to reality. We're like, great. Yep. So <laughs> You're a cunt. As all this is happening, you know, Larry's still trying to help the removals get the bed up the stairs, and he slices his hand on a nail. Good slice. Oh, it's a real good slice. There is just blood dripping everywhere. At, the, at this time as well, Julia's walked in. Like she's she's still, in the attic she's room. She's still in the attic. I think that's how they alluded. Is that where Frank's gear was? I don't yeah. think it was. I no, think in another room. No, he was in another room. But, but she kind of walked up she there. She goes into the room that he disappeared in. So, um, yeah, so that was the room from the opening of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So Larry comes walking into the room. He's not looking at his hand. He is, Larry's a wiener. He's a weenie. He's a, he's a, he's a bumbling. He's uh, just like. He's a nice dude though. Like, but he's very lovely. Like, like but I he's was, a weenie. He's a, he's a drink of water. He's yeah. supposed to be, apparently he's a, a great actor as well because it, later on in it, he has to act as someone else. And he yes. just, and he said he swung the pendulum so far for Larry one way that when he uh, got to act the other way, it seemed like he was a different character and he did yeah. that on purpose. That's what real actors do. They think about acting. like. Acting. Acting. Like in Team America, the most powerful like <laughs> thing anyone can have is the ability to act. That's yep. some sh- gun shit hot act. <laughs> so he walks into the room. He doesn't like the sight of blood. He's holding and his hands. He's, he's, he's holding. Blood. He's holding his hand. He's like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass, I'm gonna pass out. We see it. We see it's like a good open wound. Yeah. We see shit pouring out it's of it. Nice like, gash. Oh, even as little bits like that in this film, like you didn't even have to show that wound. No, but he you... holds his hand away, and you see the gash. Blood coming out of it, and you're like, yep. Clive Barker really is meticulous for his gore. Definitely. Like, he wants to know. So the blood drips onto the floor and start it starts to um, bloat in sink into the floorboards. Yeah, well, yeah, well, um, well, yeah. The yeah. floor starts eating his blood. Pretty like, much. Yeah, it looks nice as well, just the way it sort of dissipates. Yeah, in. I wonder how they did that. Yeah, I'm very curious. Because like, if it had been evaporation, it wouldn't have done that. It wouldn't no. have looked like that. It just kind of like got smaller. Like, yeah. like it was. Maybe it was animated. I don't know. Yeah, it could have been stop motion. Is really well done, like mm. or and reverse stop motions. They probably put a drop on the ground, then then another yep. tiny drop on it, and a top drop drop not got rid of it. Yeah, it's not wet around it. So I reckon no. that's how they did it. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Anyhow, um, the floor starts to kind of so Julia and Larry go to leave. the hospital. He goes to get stitches. Yeah, and we get this like really cool sort of telltale heart kind of like the floorboards. Yeah, start we, to we, sort yeah of the pulsate. camera like does a rad like goes down through the floorboards. Yeah. And we see it in there. And apparently that the dude, like, when he made that, his brief was just like, just have something under the floor to show that something's going to happen. That was his brief. And he's like, oh, okay. And so he just got a condom, covered it in red, and blew into it with, like, a... And it looks like a heart kind yeah. of thing. Like, So we can see that under the floorboards that this... 
something has started to manifest itself to yep. to combobulate. And what happens next is just perfect for us because, you know, the floorboards start popping up and then this slime starts oozing out. Which I think is this another... Oh, oh now they probably got me pushing slime up the Yeah, it just looked like a bunch of cum coming out of the floorboards. Yeah, it's wicked. Like it's, Do you know when yeah. the, they were first... These do the the special effects guys did this all on their own. Yeah, because like they originally made a full size animatronic zombie that Frank was going to be, and he was just going to burst out the wall. Oh, like, out, out the bricks. This is way and better. And they tried like doing it a bit with his voice, but they couldn't get the lip syncing to go well. Sure. And then these dudes like, what the fuck are we going to do? Let's just stay up all night and work it. And they did this. Yeah, they just rewrote. They storyboarded it, and then they went on and they said, let's just make it fucking form itself from out of the floor like yeah. slowly and they went through it and this thing's great oh it's so good because like the bones start to sort of well, come the, the out thing I like is like the puddle of goops there yeah and you see two like flesh poles rise out of the goop so like yeah. straight up you don't lay up and then they bend in the middle and you realize they're elbows yeah and it goes down so you got and it's, he starts basically like pushing himself pushing himself up out while these like Weird flesh arms. Like, there's, no, there's no head. No, there's, no there's nothing. nothing. And then there's like a, and then there's like a brain that starts forming, which is like like reverse wax mm. stuff. Like uh, they're doing, so they me- they make it in wax and they melt it, but they're like reversing it. And they said they had like veins in it that they put in the wax, and as it was melting, they pulled the veins out. So when it was in reverse, it's like the veins were moving along yeah. and getting to their spots. And- <gasps> And shit like that. And, like, yeah, so the brain starts building itself. And it's just, like, it's fucking, there's so much detail in oh, this. Oh, it's so good. And, like, my notes literally say, fucking Cronenberg, eat your heart out. Like, how is this not talked about when, when they talk about body horror? And not only like that, bone, it's, you like. You see the bones and the ribs coming around. The, the skull spine, starting the fucking, to form. The, 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 the brain stem at yeah. the end with the little, like, like brain stem feelers looking for the brain, like yeah. moving forward. It's and all to this grand orchestral soundtrack, like this grand orchestral like thing, this awesome building for this this thing. It's oh, it's yeah. such a great we, scene. We see the top of this torso, we kind of see, and the fingers start to mush out of the fucking hand stumps, and it moves forward, and it kind of connects itself with the brain that's forming on the ground, which. Right, you know, they connect and it sits up and its ribs are forming and we see guts like coming up and like yeah. in reverse it's done, but it still looks good. Like yeah. organs going up under, up into the rib cage and shit. <sighs> so good. And you get this last shot of it kind of half formed, like reeling up and yelling, but it's also got like a baby cry in it as well. Yeah. It's like this. And it's like, fuck yeah. me. And then it's hard cut. Yeah. Away from that, you're like, what? what? <laughs> Whoa. What? what? That was, that was, this is some fucking gore. This is around the same time as Freddy, Jason. Yeah. Um, or a bit after Michael Myers, but like. But this is also this around is like the same time as The Fly, which yeah. is getting a lot of hype for. Body horror. Body horror. And this scene is just. This I mean, I'm not going like to say the, it shits the, all over it, but it the, kind of like poops in the corner a little bit. The, yeah, well, this this film is like it was not. It was like horror people loved it, but the main fucking media did oh, not. No, no, of course not. Like anything to do with hell, yeah, and like and hell and sex, and, sex? and really graphic gore, and 
and concepts that people didn't understand. Like the concepts that people, well, they could understand, but they didn't want to understand. Mm. They didn't want to even think that this could possibly be, that hell isn't fire and brimstone and, yeah. a, and, a, and a, a fucking pointy devil man. Hell this is, is a like, place that you can go to if you're really horny. Yeah, you get pulled in even if you haven't died. We'll get into that in the next episode as well. Oh, I'm of, very excited. Of the layers of why it is. So stay tuned on that one, guys. Stay tuned. Anyhow, uh, we, we cut to a dinner party. Yep. With, uh, oh, I've written the wrong name there. So Larry's there. Um, Kirsty is making some flirty eyes at a drink of water boy. I called him, like, boy. teen dude. Yeah, he's there's just. There's, like, another person her age, which must be one of the sons of the other guests. Kind yeah, of and there's a couple of other guests and Julie's Larry's there. there. Now, Julia's not having a good old time. She decides that, you know, she's just going to excuse herself and go to bed. And Larry's getting on it. He's getting on. He's having a great time. He yeah. loves his friends. Julie's getting drunk as well. She's well, Kirstie, too, yeah, many Kirstie's, Kirstie's too many fucking. Kirsty's getting a little like <laughs> little drunk. I'm like, oh. I liked it. I thought she thought her her walk down the hall drunk was a really good one. It was very well she done. She does those like thoughts where she thinks she's heaps wicked. Like you can yeah. see her like l- and smiling we, at her own. We've all done those yeah, drunk yeah. walks down there. It's usually to the bathroom at a club. Yeah. So yeah, not yeah. to throw up. Julia sourpusses the whole fucking sitch, and she's like, I want to get a binge. Or does she? Or she's thinking about fucking... She doesn't go to bed. She goes up to the attic. Yep. Which we all know is the crying, screaming corpse baby is up there. (laughs) (laughs) So she hears the movement and she walks into the room. And every time she walks into that room, I don't know if you've noticed, there is like that... Like this heartbeat sort of sound. Yeah, just as if comes there's like straight over. There's something there, something happening. And this is every time anyone enters this room, it sort of starts to appear. And, you know, there's... The rats are there. They're eating something. And she's like, oh, gross. What's that? That's not okay. And then, of course, an it's- arm comes out and grabs her leg. And it's like, Julia. 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 He's got a fuck. He has a man voice. He right? has a man voice. I can't Julia. even do it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like a gross kind of like brown skin, like, like shriveled up arm yeah. kind of vibe. Like- With goo. He's, he's slimy. It's base, It's Frank. We I know love it's it. Frank. It, and he reveals himself to Julia. But he's like, don't look at me. And she's like, what are you? She goes, it, he's he like, says, the blood me. on the floor has brought me back. It's, I need more. Yeah. He says he's Frank. And she's like, I, what? Frank? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I thought you were gone. You know, so, you know, Kirsty gets startled by Julia for some reason. Like Kirsty's making her way up to the bathroom. She's like washing her yeah, face. Like, yeah. She's she's freshening up a little bit because you know she's she wants to impress the the young teen that's downstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she gets startled by Julia standing menacingly at the top of the stairs. So Julia's like kind of yeah. Frank kind of goes to her. I I, I the blood brought me back. Yep. I need more. I need more. And she's like so enamored by Frank. Like she clearly has like it's consuming her, her yep. lust and her evil. She plays the best evil person, eh? It's really funny. She's so, a theatre actress. Yeah. And they said that like when she acted, she fucking she she can give she, there's like, looks that she gives in these in the camera and shit, little looks that you're just like, fuck. Yeah. Like No, she's she's actor. when I first saw this film um, I watched this film way too young. It's another one of those things. Um, she's supposed to be considered quite beautiful, and I don't find her beautiful. But like, she's very eighties, big it's, hair. It's very eighties. You know, the more um, vil- villainous she becomes, the bigger the hair gets. I don't oh, know if you noticed that, but yeah, there's like this scene where like 
Well, so far her hair is relatively flat. And then we get to a scene later on. She's sat there like she's got like a pina colada. She's got the makeup done, the big sunnies, and her hair is just, it's big. She's taking it in. It's big. Anyway, yeah, so we get, um, yeah, she kind of acts a bit weird to Kirsty, but as you would. She's just kind of, kind of trying to persuade Kirsty, like, just fuck yeah, off. Like, what are you doing a, up I here? I got a corpse like... up here. I need to deal with Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm dealing with a corpse yeah. here. Kirsty goes, uh, she goes home. Yeah, well, she... the, well the young boy. She yeah, goes off with, with the yeah, young he, boy. He escorts her home. Like yeah. I, I called him Denim Jacket. Like team. all young boys do. Denim Boy, I think I started calling him by the end. Like, <laughs> like He has no name. No, and he, he is about as much of a weenie as her dad is, honestly. Oh, oh you reckon? Yeah. No, he's, he's a cool guy. He's got a denim nah. jacket. Is the po- the collar popped? I can't remember. I don't think it is. I don't wear collar pops. Because you're not that cool. You're uh, not like enough, you're not eighties. I don't cool. have grease lightning in my shade. <laughs> no, you don't. Anyhow, they have a kiss off they in the do. street. Uh, I think we also get a uh, a foreshadowing of uh, the bum. The, yes, uh, in this scene. So they're as well. walking, and then there's like Kirsty notices this homeless man just sort of staring at him, like shining Jack Nicholson staring between a crack in a in a door or something, and he's got like the most beautiful blue eyes and the most muddy face and he's just staring her down like he's it's full stare bear she feels a bit funny about like, it let's kiss somewhere else but she's like yeah let's go make out elsewhere yeah anyhow we cut back to julia again just quickly i think she just agrees to get blood for frank she's just like yep yeah i'll fucking do it can't yeah and he's like he's like cool <laughs> and that's the end of that scene then we get like a like cuts to like a weird scene we see julia she's standing in a room, there is like a, 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 there's all these feathers coming down from the room, like pillow feathers or whatever, yeah. you know, down as they call it. Yeah, like, like she's a little bit sort of wet. Yeah, and all the and, feathers and you, you, you get straight away, you get the her. vibe that this is a dream. Yeah, like the same. straight away. So there's, cause there's like it's raining feathers in a completely black room. There is a table in front of her with candles and shit on it. There is a corpse underneath. Oh, a white sheet, mm-hmm. and then we can see that suddenly this corpse, what, who, well, we don't know if it's a corpse, someone under a white sheet, it starts to bleed, mm-hmm. and we can see the blood staining it. This is another thing Clive Bucket does a lot of, a lot of blood-stained sheets and shit, and, like, just that weirdness of it, like, that yeah. kind of thing. And, uh, you, it, it, you've caught, it's a fucking dream. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what this scene represents, eh? Is it, like, her I... cracking, or her, like... I think, well, it's obviously because she wakes up absolutely in a panic, a sweaty panic. She's startled and she has to call her dad then and there. She is worried about her dad. Like something bad is going to happen to her dad. So she like. Oh, wait, was it Julia or Kirsty that's in that dream? Kirsty. Kirsty had the dream. Kirsty had the dream. She right. wakes I up and calls her dad. Notes. I often get Kirsty and Julia's name mixed up in my notes because I'm typing so fast. That's yeah, right. not 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 Julia. I said Julia. I meant Kirsty. Yeah. This is this dream was happening with Kirsty, and we see yeah her yeah. wake up. Yeah, she, it's kind of just like a, 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 a alluring like that she has like some sort of extra sensory perception that she, that something bad's going to happen to her dad. Like maybe yeah. she's got the vibe off of Julia when she saw her in the stairs, or the vibe from the weird bum, or or all of it. A lot of or, bad vibes. Or the claret. Maybe. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so, yeah, she calls up her dad. And also, her... Oh, yeah, the corpse wakes up, wakes up as well in the dream, and it's her dad. Yeah. sits up, and like, the sheet comes off, and it's a bloody, like, almost like, like, like the skin is loose on this corpse mm. of her dad. It's kind of hard to actually see it's the dad, but it is a dad. Yeah. Because he wakes up from a dream. 
was all a dream. You know, denim denim jacket, teens there. He get, he's like, are you okay? Was he? He was there, wasn't he? He yeah. was there. He wasn't sleeping in the bed with her. He was like sleeping on the floor. So oh, yeah, well, who does that as in their teenage years in their own house? Sorry, we just banged, but you're gonna have to sleep on the floor. Yeah, I'm a good girl. Um, that will come after marriage. Yeah, Kirsty runs downstairs, rings up her dad, Larry, and says, I just want to see if you're okay. I had a bad dream. He's like, that's cute. He's like, I'm fine, baby dear. I'm, it's fine. I'm a weenie. It's not a problem. I'm a drink of water, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, we cut to the next day. Yeah. Julia is in the most 80s bar that has ever been invented. Day oh, bar. Oh, yes. This is like... It's so good. It's not 80s bar in like... Wicked eighties either. Yeah. It's that gross eighties bar. Like it's, it's like like it's corporate eighties. Yeah. Like yeah, it's that very sort of shiny, uh, black marble kind of deal. Yeah, she picks up an eighties businessman and takes him back to the house. It's mm-hmm. all very. It's all very ham-fisted. It is. And, you know, she she's... She knows she's a woman. She knows she's beautiful. She, yeah. It's easy for her to get men back. It is. But she, you know, she really isn't keen on the, the touching and stuff. And no, it's it's easy to see how very quickly he went from like, oh, I'm really into you, let's fuck, to, oh, you're changing your mind? Fuck you. What the fuck is your problem? Yeah. And so then she's like, okay, let's go. Leads him up Yeah, the she was almost like going to not do yeah. it. Like, maybe this is a bad idea. And he just pulls like the fuck headline on it. He's basically yeah. like, well, you said we're going to have sex. Don't fucking, you know, like, yeah, get like, angry. Yeah, like, this she's is like, what's okay, going to nah, happen. You're going to get fucked up, cunt. Yeah, right? Like, I kind of like that bit. Yeah. I would do that he, too. He sexy promises, she sexy promises him up into the attic and he's like, there's no, there's no fucking bed. And she's yeah. like, let's do it on the ground. And he's like, okay, I'll get me jocks off. He starts to get, un, you know, undressed. He's a gross looking cunt as well. He is. He's it, he's very He's sort English. Of... <laughs> <laughs> he's an English man. Describe he's, him. He's an, British. Ugh. Yeah. Slightly overweight. Loves his pints. Yeah. Uh, slightly it's... balding. Uh, doesn't, his, his shirt doesn't fit properly. Fuck him. Fuck He's, him. He deserves to die. Yeah. Anyhow, does. Julia smashes him in the fucking face with a hammer. My God, jaw this hit. This looked great as well because, like, he falls on the ground and, you know, they could have very easily just gone with some blood and that's it. But his face has moved. There is, like, the a jaw. hammer indentation in his chin. He's clearly missing teeth. Clive Barker will not like, stint, stint on the horror. Oh, Clive Barker. Uh, anyhow, Frank. Frank comes out. He waddles over. Oh, like, I hate Because he's, he's not really good at walking at the moment. He kind of crawls over, which is, a, in in fact, in the film, is a child actor that yeah. like, they've got in a, a suit to make him look thin and small. And it was a kid that they'd worked with before. Like, mm. it's his thing. Uh, he, he crawls over across the floor and fucking starts doing something to the fucking dude. Julia bails into the bathroom, mm-hmm. like, because she's covered in blood because the hammer hit fucking splattered all over her and shit. She, she just runs out into there and we... Where, you know, and we return. We don't see what happens, really. No, we, we sort of get the impression that whatever he's doing, he's well, She sucking. has a fucking moment in that. And yeah. she has a moment looking. Well, she's covered in blood and she looks into the mirror at herself. My God, is that look something? Mm-hmm. That is like, you, you, I, you know, I, it's it's gone too far. Well, I mean, she, no, there's no way back now. No, but Forward. she's also got this look of like... I desire of I'm like going to get what I Like she's reaching that point of like the queen bitch. Oh dear, what have I done? But also this has made me really horny. Like yeah, she's she did, she's not the washing yeah. the blood off of it. But that look, man, I was like, fuck yeah, acting, acting. <laughs> uh, she returns back into. Right, she 
she kind of meekly walks back into the fucking attic looking around when we're confronted with a fucking shriveled up corpse. It's mm-hmm. like it's been fucking... Eaten yeah. by piranhas. Well, not eaten. It's like it's all its juices have been yeah. sucked out of Everything's it. Everything's gone. It's kind of a husk. And uh, you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then we see Frank, he's there in the corner. He's standing now. He's got a bit more fucking definition to him. There were so many versions of this. He still has no skin. Yeah. Uh, and it looks sick. Yeah, it does. It looks beautiful. There's like, you can see... You can see muscle over bone yep, and shit. Yeah, you got that cartilage going on as well happening there. It just, you it's can see up under the ribs and stuff like that. That's so good. Do you know in this, they fucking, Clive Barker took the team of special effects dudes to watch a real cadaver get skinned to know what it was going to be. This is how yeah. much he's into it. And apparently, because this is in the making, um, when they skinned the corpse, like the dude, like they, like you know, the other film people vomited and that, and Clive Barker was really disappointed because it didn't look quite like what he thought it was going to look yeah. like. And then in the end, he didn't make it look like that. He just did it of what his vision he wanted it to well, look I like. Well, I think that's the thing. Like, if you make it reality, reality is not as gory as uh, what you get in a horror film. So, yeah, got to make it better. Also, we're, we're, I don't think we mentioned this, but like Frank's key is like he's really wants this shit done quick. Yeah, he's he keeps going. They don't know I'm gone. Eventually, they're gonna know I'm gone, and they're gonna come for me. Yeah, and like, and she's like, the Cenobites will come, and we know that the Cenobites are obviously those fucking weird blue people. Mm-hmm. Did we mention they were blue? <laughs> blue man group. They're just like it's like they're like they don't have red blood in them. They've got like you know mm. something else running. They're like whitey blue pale. Anyway, does it. Yeah. Um, we can see he's rebuilt a bit more, and as I said, they've put, put a lot of fucking effort into this. Yeah, they really have. Julia just picks up the corpse because it's like so fucking light now. It's well, just... yeah, because like Larry gets home as this is happening. So she hears, like, hey, hon, I'm home. I'm a weenie. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, fuck, there's a corpse here. And she basically just sort of like picks it up and kind of runs, runs it, it across the hall to another room and stuffs it in a cupboard. Yep. I'm like, just leave it in the attic. No one's going to find it anyway. What's the difference between that room and this room? Doesn't matter. So she's still trying to have this moment with Frank before Larry gets upstairs and he just sort of assesses to her that he's like, I need more. I need at least like, two more bodies. I need more people. I need, we, and then we can leave. We have to leave. Like, yeah, the Cenobites yeah. are coming. He, that's when he kind of mentions, like, they're on their fucking way. Yeah. The people who fucking trapped me. And Julia's like, cool. All right. No. First she's like, nah. But then she's like, okay. Yeah. Because I want to like, bang. There's a lot of sexiness of her, like, he's touching her and shit. And she's his... kind of grossed out like... by it, but then she gets into it. Like... Yeah. And he's like, there's a lot of goop on his costume. He's mm. shiny. He's like glistening. Oh, I love Whenever it. he touches anything, it leaves like fucking slime and blood yeah. mixed in it and shit. It's fucking wicked. Uh, and so yeah, good. we cut to fucking, not, uh, we cut to Kirsty. She's uh, working in a pet shop. Yay. Pet stores. Yeah. They're um, the worst. Yeah. She's like, not. she's got the worst customer service. Like, yeah, you... it's like day one on the job. She's been left to uh, Karen, who has a complaint and needs to talk to the manager, but the manager's out at lunch. She doesn't know what to do with herself. Um, but then, of course, she notices the homeless man from the other night is in the store. And she's like, hey, what are you doing here, cunt? And she goes out to him and he's eating some grasshoppers. She's like, I put learned... them back. Yeah, she's like, put them back. You don't like, because like, they're grasshoppers to feed to like lizards and shit. So yeah. they breed grasshoppers. He And he eats them. He starts eating them. Now, I'm just going to say what he is here. He is an Eremite. I don't yep. know how to sp- say that. How would you say the word E-R-E-M-I-T-E? 
Eremite. Eremite. So that's what he is. In the Clive Barker lore and canon, they never mention it in the movie. They mention it in the books and stuff like that. So an Eremite is basically a person who works for Leviathan, which we we'll, won't get into this. This will be later. Um, who moves the box around, the puzzle boxes. So they're in charge of, they. once someone has died, they get the box and they move it on to whoever's next, you yep. know, kind of thing. They might give it to the Chinese man to sell on, or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They are also, if they need to, they can transform into giant skeletal dragons mm-hmm. um, that, that don't have eyes, they have horns for eyes. So just in case you need to know that, but this is a canon universe thing, which is... Clive Barker has so many ideas, like, in the film. In I'm not going to get into that. I'll get into it into my next episode. You're so excited. I'm not even going to get into what Leviathan is in this episode. No, no. It's not actually mentioned in the first it's film, which not. is what makes this film genius. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's just not pushing everything onto you straight away. Anyhow, the EMI eats a bunch of grasshoppers. He's like, nom, 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 nom. She's like, get out. You're, You're gross. Don't eat grasshoppers. <laughs> eat, eat real food. They're really high in protein. And he's like, right? haven't you been to Southeast Asia? <laughs> they all eat that shit there. Um, of course, her boyfriend startles her. Boyfriend rocks up. Denim teen. <laughs> Denim teen. Hey. <laughs> and like, she's hey, like, baby. And she's like, oh, fuck, there's this guy. Oh, he's disappeared. Yeah, standard. He standard. Pull, he, he poofs away. Um, so Julia has now brought another man to the house. We've got another murder sequence, another flesh feast. It's kind of like a... An, an abridged version of the first one. We get yeah. the idea. We don't have to watch it all again. No. And I appreciate that. Like, yeah, no, they, you know. And she's getting better at it. Yes. She's got her hammer skills. She's getting better at it. And she's, I think she is definitely starting to take pleasure in this as we well. We see, a, yeah, a little bit more of Frank kind of like grabbing them and like, he kind mm-hmm. of like just kind of spoons the corpses and, you yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like, he's doing something that's kind of gross. You don't actually really see what happens until, like, the second film, kind yeah. of how they do it in this one. But it doesn't really matter in this one. I think they did have it in there, and they said it was too violent. It was one of the things that had been cut from the original cut. Mm, it was just too fucking gross. Like, Anyhow, um, Frank's nearly finished. He's, he's looking good. He is looking but good. But he's like, I got no skin. He's wearing some of Frank's weenie clothes. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's wearing clothes. And that's it's another, it's another one of Clive Parker things. He persists in wearing clothes. But they're just saturated in goop and blood. And blood, which looks amazing. But he's like, I don't want to be naked. No. And he talks about that, like, he's cold. and he, Or he goes, like, I can feel my nerve endings growing back, which is good because yeah. I haven't been able to feel anything yeah. in hell and shit like that. But you can, but you can't. Which you know? is so strange because I would think that, like, if you are still a skinless being, everything that touches you would be pain. Well, not if your nerve endings hadn't grown back yet. Yeah. Maybe they're the last to grow in or something. Mm. It doesn't matter. We don't know how this... Like I said, he's not a zombie. He's like no. he's escaping hell slowly by and being rebuilding himself. And you can come back if you if blood drips on the place where you died. I don't even think the fucking Cenobites know that. No, can happen, which is great. Like, yeah. So um, he sits there. He lights up a cigarette, and he's like, "Oh my god, this is so good." I can fucking taste it for the first you know, time. And then he holds up the box. He like, holds up the box, and he explains like this is. Do not touch it. It's dangerous. And then he starts to explain the Cenobites. Yeah, he goes, this box, you solve it. Um, It opens a gateway. The Cenobites come and they take you. Yeah. Uh, We get flashes of all this shit. We get flashes of like what the Cenobites did to him. We get like him hanging upside down and chains. It's all chains. Spinning. A lot of spinning. Spinning, blood, chains, flashes of gore and shit. 
it's kind of like a yeah, yeah, you went through some shit, motherfucker. Yeah, he's got, he's got PTSD. And he explains that it's like it's it's pain and it's pleasure, it's heaven, but it's hell. It's like it's all of these things. Pain for some people. He goes, he goes. They promise you, they promise some people pleasure. They promise some people like pain. I didn't care which one. I just wanted something. He was he's like he's like a fucking pleasure archaeologist. This dude, he's yeah. fucking like he wants to collect all the pleasures in life. And it makes sense. And the box is, that's what it, it desires. And you don't even have to solve the box. You pick up the box and the box solves itself kind of yeah. thing. Like, it's it, like it, you it, touch you're, it. You're and desired. Like... It desires you and kind of in your mind tells you how to yeah. do it. Because there's no way you could work it out. No, I mean, if someone gave me... I you, love I the idea. I can't it, even it, solve a fucking Rubik's like, Cube. The idea of it is that if you've solved it, you have like... It's basically you signing a contract that you want this shit done to you because yeah. you have that much desire for pleasure or pain or mm. yeah, it's kind of fucking. And then it's that it's that S and M thing. It's that taking the limits of it. It's fucking wicked, and it's so not ham fisted as well. It's not. No. It's not like they say that. Like this is all for me. Like reading so much literature and shit from it and stuff. Like to get to know because at first it's quite confusing. And you know that there's an answer there, but you're like, okay, I kind of get it. But like, the more you, we'll get into that in the next episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we cut to later that evening. Larry and Julia are watching TV. He's got a boxing match on, and she just seems sort of, you know, she's really bored. And he's is now he's starting to pick up on that, and he can sort of sort of hear. He he's got a feeling that something's not right, and there's something not right with their relationship. Which then piques up his interest. Um, we Frank is starting to get restless upstairs, and he is just—he's making noises. He's I think it was also—I think Frank—that was his pain receptors coming kicking in. It was yeah. like a bit too much for him, so he's kind of like thrashing around a bit. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, Larry here is like, "What the fuck's that?" Yeah. And she's like, "Oh, don't go up there." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nah, that's fine. Don't go up there. Um, he's like, "No, nah, I'm going to go check it out." And she's like. Please don't. No, no. I'm going to use my so kind of lady sexual wiles. But she's kind of also got this soft spot for Larry. Yeah, like well, she doesn't want to kill him. He's no. like, he's like, you know, she's still like, he's still a, he's still an adorable, lovable kind of I buffoon. Mean, but she wants like the fucking passion of Frank. Yeah. But she also doesn't want him to die. No, no, no. Like you know, she, I mean, she kind of owes him. Like she, she cheated on him with his brother, and yeah, then the brother disappeared, and she's lived this life of a lie with this sort of very lovely man, you know, but she, you know, she's, she gets a little sexy self out and tries to distract old Larry. Yeah. Going I'm going to gonna speed this up. We're going to be here for hours. Otherwise. I, I know. know. Yeah. Larry, uh, Julia and Larry, yeah, she, she, she puts on the sexy charm. She brings him into another room, into the bedroom and tries. you know, oh, I'll distract him with sex. He wants sex. I haven't been giving it to him. They start to kind of get their shit on. We see Frank like fucking, he fucking comes out of the closet and, like, she can see him, but, like, Larry can't. And she's like, fuck, he's going to kill Larry. She's like, no, no, no. As if, but, like, you know, yeah. Larry could be thinking that's about the sex. He doesn't really hear it at first. And, like, Frank just comes up with a dead rat and cuts the fucking top of the rat's body off. Yeah. Flops its skin flap over and then just kind of reclines back. I think it's the same that, like, I'm in complete control. That was yeah. a power fucking S&M move. Like, you know, you know, at any time I could fucking kill my brother. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you do what I say or... Anyhow, he go, he, he slinks back into the into the cupboard. Uh, 
Larry's unknown, but like Julie's like pushes him off and yep. she starts crying and he's and like, he's, he's fucking, I don't. He's confused and he's angry. And I mean, of course you would be. Larry like, notices none of this because he's like a, a, a bumbling fool. Yeah. He's English. And, uh, <laughs> no, nah, I've got nothing against English people. That's just me being funny. No, it's uh, And yeah, that's kind of the scene. He kind of, we, he doesn't know how close he got to getting fucked over. Yeah. Um, we cut to Kirsty and Larry having dinner at a restaurant. Um, Larry confesses that something's up with her, my fucking wife. There's something wrong. I think she's cheating on me. Julia, can you like fucking go talk to her? I don't know why that would be. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll stop by the house. Yeah, I'll, I'll stop by the house. I'll make friends with her. It's fine. And yeah, Kirsty goes to the house to talk to Julia just at the point where Julie's bringing in another man, like a prey into the house. Like, yeah. you know, we see Julia bringing him in. Kirsty's like, oh, fuck, she is cheating on my dad. I better... Fucking investigate this shit Scooby-Doo style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Julia brings a guy to the attic. Julia hammers him. Uh, Kirsty's like, snuck into the house. She heads up the stairs, um, and the guy falls out of the room at Kirsty's feet. He's basically like, help me, help me. And he's all fucked up and he's weird. He's fucked up. Like, he's he not been out. completely sucked dry, but he is on his way. He's half there. And we see, like, uh, we also see, like, uh, skinless Frank mm. standing there in the doorway. Kirsty sees him and he's like, it's me. Uncle Frank. It's Uncle Frank. Don't, don't you remember me? Kirsty, it's okay. Come. And he's got that line, come to daddy. Ugh, like, he says it so, it's like. Come to daddy. It's like molasses. <laughs> like it just drips out of his mouth. Yeah. Like the way like, he and says like, it. You can tell that he would, without a, uh, a thought, fuck his like oh, yeah. niece. Like, because he's all about, like, the pleasure and shit like that. And he's got that line, come to daddy. Yeah. And you're like, gross. <laughs> and, yeah, she fists him. Yeah, she, like, gut punches you him. See, but he's kind like... of got her up against the wall. He's all... <laughs> and she just reaches into his cavity, chest going and fucking fists him. And she doesn't pull anything out. She just stabs him with it. Because he's, he's still soft. He's got yeah. no skin. No, it's fine. And he she doesn't picks probably realise how weak he is. No, no, of course not. Well, he thinks he's strong and... Everything like that. She picks up the box and she picks up the box to throw it at him as a weapon. He's like, No, my box, my box. She's like, Oh, you want this? Yeah, okay. And she throws it out of the window. Immediately, like, she runs out out the house. Run races downstairs, outside, picks it up, and she fucking leaves. And she runs. But she also like the experience is what's just happened to her. Obviously, we put you in a fucking trauma. She's kind of blind. Yeah, she's she's deliriously walking the streets, holding the box, and then she passes out. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I she, I, that's that's probably a pretty accurate... Yeah, I'd say so. Because in so many movies, people just shrug shit off. Yeah, she'd and be she's, like, what the fuck just happened? Like, yeah. I ran a lot, so I'm dehydrated as well. I probably need a banana. I'm out. Yeah, but so she, she kind of just... She doesn't woman pass out. She kind of... Oh, she fucking... She has, like, like a, a trauma pass out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, she wakes up in hospital. The doctor's there. Like, he brings the box in. He's like, you're fucking holding on to this box. And she's like, fuck. She's like, she can't even remember what happened. She's just like, uh. Yeah, yeah I, the, I don't the, know. Like, box. I what? don't remember. Like, he's like, well, maybe you'll uh, you'll think about yeah, it. Have, have a rest and look at the box and it'll, it'll probably all come back to you. She sits there. She, she, she starts fucking around with the box and she kind of half solves it. She does one of the steps and then she stops. Mm. And she's like. But every time she just does something with the box, we get like this little like animation sort of like. Yeah, yeah, and the room starts to crack and move. But I think because she's not opening the box for desire. Yeah. And also that she has this amnesia, it's kind of not working because the box needs 
the the contract of your desire to open it. Yeah. So she can't. It's kind of working on her, but because it's like she's not all there and it's she doesn't even know what's going on. It kind of half opens and it opens the wall up to hell, but it doesn't. It doesn't finish. No. She stops where a normal person would be so enamored with the box that they'd solve the next bit. Yeah. But she doesn't. And she's like, why the fuck's the room yeah. shaking? <laughs> she's like, that ain't right. And now a door's opened in, like a, a magical door is kind of, the, the, the walls have split apart. And she's like, what the fuck is that? The cinemites haven't rocked up. And I kind of like this. It, it adds this intrigue of like, what the fuck's going on? But as I'm saying this, it kind of makes a little bit more sense. But mm. as you're watching it, you're like, there's so many rules. Yeah. That are there that aren't explained, but not in a way that... Because if they had explained them, like they do in all the new films and shit. And Which you don't need. Like, you don't you don't necessarily always need all yeah, the answers. You want to grip onto that shit. Like, you want to... You know. Don't fucking mansplain shit to me. Nah. So yeah, anyway, she goes inside this fucking door. Mm. And lo and behold, a fucking big monster appears and chases her. Now, this is the engineer. I was going to say, this is the engineer, isn't it? It's like this crazy worm-like creature. Once again, like... Fuck you, Cronenberg. You can see, like, this is amazing. You can see the, uh, if, if you look at this, because it says this in the, the making, you can see the, the cart that it's on. <laughs> and you can also see that there's like, so it's in a big like hole. It's like in a, a, a big dark hallway. Yeah. There's at one point, one of the sound tech guys was at the other end of the hall, didn't know how to film it, and sticks his head out. <laughs> and you can see it in the, if you look real hard. Yeah. There's a, and they just left it in there. There's like a dude. <laughs> And both of them yelled at him, like, get out of the shot. But they just still kept it. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, the, the engineer is like a big thing. It's a big puppet, big latex puppet. It's, it's like got a big like, worm there's people kind of inside thing. of it. That it's kind of like, it's got arms that are holding itself up off the ground. And it's running along. Like, it's not it's not touching the ground. It's, it's kind of a weird. It, apparently, they, this, they had zero budget when this happened. Yeah, and they made this out of, like, shit they found. Yeah. And it kind of, you can see it a bit. It's fine, though. They edit it quick. And she runs back out of the fucking, she runs back. Yeah. It's a long haul. And she, you know, jumps back into fucking, you know, the uh, the, the, bed. the room. She looks mm-hmm. back and the, the door is closed. But then we see uh, uh, Kirsty picks up the box and solves it completely now. Yeah. It's like her senses have come back a little bit more. And, like, it's kind of, it's working on her a bit more. Like, the, 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 the want of the box. Mm. And she also wants the box of... I think she wants answers. Yeah, well, she's that's... also figured out that she's she's played with the box. It's opened up a doorway to some weird fucking dimension. Well, if I finish the box, maybe it'll go away. Yeah, yeah. She, like, she wants answers, and answers is a desire enough to finish. Like, the box lets you finish it, which is fucking cool when you think about it. Yeah. Anyhow, the lights explode. There's a UV drip that fills up with blood. Fucking the dooming sounds come in. The lights go down. Fucking the lighting goes blue. And then a fucking all the centibytes, they beam in. Yep. We get Chatterer, who looks amazing. Like, basically... Uh, These are the names of the, the Cenobites, by yep. the way. Chatterer. Was this um, Chatter, I think? Oh, uh, Chatter? Chatter. Doesn't matter, Chatter, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's just basically no face and just teeth. teeth. It's just teeth that are chattering out. Yeah, which yeah. is insanely creepy. And he's like, his mouth is wired back, so he's yeah. always, like, open. He's got, like, this... It's not quite a smile. His just face is ripped open. It's insanely yeah, cool. and all, uh, they, they're all bound in really tight leather, and they're all cut and shit. Yeah, we get uh, Deep Throat, the ladies there. We get the fucking Hell Priest Pinhead, and then we get Butterball. And uh, this is the first shot of Butterball. Yes, it is. The Butterball is like a a weird obese mm. like fucking like he yeah mm-hmm. fat 
weird thing. He's kind of got like some sunnies on as well. Yeah, he's got like the the Corinthians glasses. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like those little round anime glasses. Like, he's fucking gross. He's got sharp teeth and stuff. Um, Apparently, Butterball and Chad, as both their costumes, they were completely blind and completely deaf. Like, he sounds like being in a deprivation tank and they couldn't like... They didn't know what they had to do because they were like, they couldn't be directed because they couldn't hear or see anything. Yeah. So, uh, well, there is this scene a little bit later on where uh, Chatter goes to attack Kirsty. And it, it you now that with that information, you can sort of tell because it's like the way the film, like, the, he grabs her and his fingers go into her mouth and they yeah. just run with it. Like, but it's, it's fucking like rad. you don't see him enough. Um, on screen, so it's like someone's behind him, just push. Okay, you see, and he's kind of walking now. like he walk in the pitch darkness, yeah. like with your hands up a bit. Like, oh, there you... she is. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and uh, they, uh, you know, they they've all peered in front of. She's like, "What the fuck? Who yeah. the fuck are you?" And like, Pinhead's like, you know, "I'm mean, the lady, like the box. You opened it. We came." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Fuck yeah!" The minimal and their lines—they're not like ravenous monsters. They're not like they're not monologuing. They're not like. They're not like um, Texas Chainsaw. They're not like uh, Freddy doing funny things. They're, they're really composed. Yes. They're working. Yeah, They've got British. a goal. Like, well, they've the got thing. rules. They are working. And they're theatre actors as well. Yes. So they're So Doug Bradley played another monster in a thing earlier, which was very much like well, like he, a hell priest kind of thing, and that's why yeah, they brought him in. He did a play with Clive Barker. Yeah, in a Clive Barker play. And then he's like... Yeah, fuck this, Doug Bradley all the yeah, way. Yeah, Doug Bradley's voice and like his voice is wicked mm-hmm. for Pinhead. I don't even think they put like effects on it that like no, how he speaks. Like no, he I don't has think the so. lowest like, fucking he is and very dominating, and theater. you can hear it. Yeah, you, he his diaphragm, he pushes his lines out, and he just says them, and they're mm. like, fuck. Yeah, well, because it's very composed. It's not like it is. It is just sort of not monotone in a way, but it's. Yeah. Acting. And now Kirsty kind of like susses out, oh, fuck, this must be what happened to Frank. Whether the box kind of gives her a bit of information or of just holding it kind of thing. She works out that, fuck, this is where Frank, like, this is where Frank's been. You yeah. guys took Frank. And she goes, do you know Frank Cotton? Yeah. And, that, and last name's Cotton, by the way. And yeah. it's Spencer in the novels. Like they, I don't know why they changed that. Yeah. Though, uh, well, they established like. No, it's not Spencer. It's, it's another name. They want to take her back to hell. And she's just like, ha She's like, look, there's a bus coming. I'm just going to fucking throw Frank under it. Yeah. No, but she's like, do you know Frank Cotton? Of course we know Frank Cotton. Yeah. We fucked him up. And then she's he's like, like ah. she goes, he, he escaped you. She goes, no one escapes us. And she goes like, yeah, man, he, he escaped. He's at my house. She's like, I, I will lead you to him. If you do not take me, I will lead you to him. You can have him. You can take him back to hell. And then he's like, maybe. I love that they can do deals with Cenobites. Like they're not bound because what the difference is, which we'll get into, is that the Cenobites have the law of Leviathan of the shit they have to do, but they also have the, the order of the Gash. Yeah. So the order of the Gash is their religion. That's why he's the head hell priest. So they are bound by their religious dogmas, which mm. has nothing to, not much to do with Leviathan. So a lot of their rules are self-inflicted dogmas yeah. that they can bend and break. And like that's what people don't get. And it's yeah. fucking wicked when you think about it. And that's why he's the pre- hell priest. Because he's the boss of them. He's not the boss. He's just good at his job. He's middle management. Yeah, but it's kind of cool to like know that like it's religious. Because Clive Barker is obsessed with religion, and you can tell yeah. that. Like, yeah. He's oh, not religious. Definitely. He grew up in a religious family, and I, I don't want to get into it. No, I do, because I'm not going to talk about this in my next episode. You sure? Yeah, yeah, because I'm going to talk about the story. Otherwise, we're- yeah, so yeah, like, I like that idea that they can do 
like bargains and shit, like stuff that they think might it might in, they get intrigued. Yeah, like well, they're they're what, they're, in, they're interested. They're not just mindless killers. Well, that's the thing because they are there to reap souls, and so why would you take one soul when this person is here to make and bargain? Well, like, they're really. Well, how about I get you thirty souls well, and you don't take mine? Yeah, that, that as well. But also the fact that. If he escaped them, they're not doing their job right. Yeah. Like, and they're like, oh, fuck, we, we probably need to get him back, hey? Yeah. yeah. And like, if, if, you know, if we just don't tell anyone about her and we get him back, we've done a pretty good bad. job. Nobody's going to be mad. Yeah, like, and, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, so, and they're like, okay, like, I don't really believe you that much, because, like, but if you can make him say, confess that he is who he is, mm. like, We'll we'll fucking just stay in the in in the back in the shadows. But if he get him to confess, and then we'll take him. But if he doesn't confess, we don't believe it's really him, kind yeah. of thing. Because like, I feel they know though. But you know what I mean? Yeah, you know they they want to just you got to cover all your bases. And they don't often tell the truth either. No. So uh, yeah, you need to confess. Anyhow, we assume that all goes great. They yeah. just fucking bail. Like we cut back to Julia and and Frank. Uh, they need a plan. They've Ju- got to somehow get the box back. They've got to somehow fix Frank so he's human again. And they need to bail. And they need skin. Yeah. He needs, he goes, I, yeah, because he's like, I can't walk around as a fucking shiny meat man. No. I not, need, not I in need, this day and age. I need skin. Yes. Coincidentally, just as Larry gets home from work. <sighs> the poor weenie. And Julia says, hey, I'm up here in the attic or whatever. And we see him going up to the attic. And that's it. Yeah. Cut. We don't know what's going on. Then we uh, we cut to Julia. Uh, uh, then we cut to... Like, it was a pretty weird cut. Then we just cut to Julia banging Larry. Yeah. Uh, or is she? Mm-hmm. Is she banging Larry? Or is she banging Frank wearing Larry's skin? Mm. We don't know. We, Anyhow, we do. We do. Th- we this do. is fucking not Larry Weenie. Yeah, this is her lustfully yeah. having the go. And like, because right, right. it could have been, I like this cut, because it could have been that she lured him away from the attic again with sex, because mm-hmm. they've already alluded to that. But the way she's going and he's going at her, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no way that You that, know what's going that's on. That's not how Larry makes sex. Larry, like, cries. <laughs> oh, yeah, he cries. He cries and, and calls her mummy. Anyhow, uh, Kirsty rocks up at the house like, fuck, fuck, fuck. She's got the box. She's like, fuck, i got to get my dad out of there because the Cenobites are, you know, are going to come and get Frank. Um, Kirsty comes into her dad. She's like, dad, dad, fuck, are you okay? And he's like, of course I'm okay. Yeah. So she, she so he up, has now done that acting transformation where he is acting as if he is Frank under his skin, like the actor. He does a fucking good job, eh? Mm-hmm. He, his demeanours, his movement. Yeah, just his face as well. Like his, he had, like he is a weenie. I'll say it again. Like this guy is a fucking weenie and he's just got like that weenie face. Actor. But as he becomes Frank, Frank, like you can see all around his hairline is like it's all bloodied. From like everything, the face getting put his, on and shit. From and then he doesn't notice it because she's like Frank. And yeah. he's like, "Don't worry, don't worry, I killed Frank." But he looks... he says like, "So he yeah, he covers it. He goes, he was in the attic. I had to take him down. He was a rabid animal." Yeah, like, and I'm like that's not. Oh. Um, and so Kirsty goes up and I want to see the body. She goes up into the attic. We get the skinless body, which is Larry's, mm-hmm. but she thinks it's Frank because last time she saw Frank, he was the skinless body. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, man, this makes so much sense when you're watching. You're like, no, Kirsty, Like, you're not, like, going like, oh, 
nah, run. Or don't run up the stairs, run out the front door. It yeah. makes sense. Like, you're like, she would go look or see. Like, yeah. Well, of course, yeah. Um, so, we're yeah. And it's steaming. That's yeah. what I like as well. Like, it's just been freshly skinned and it's still warm and it's yeah. steaming. And I'm like, oh, God. Clive anyway, Barker. Julia comes in, fucking locks Kirsty in the attic. And they're like, uh, you know, locks are in there because they're going to fucking just bail now and fuck yeah. her. Or whatever. She knows the Cenobites are rocking up probably as well, maybe. And uh, the Cenobites rock up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, they come in. So they're in the attic. Fucking, she thinks that's her dad on yeah. the ground. And they're like, Cenobite, uh, pin, pinhead priest looks at the corpse and goes, we want the man who did this. As in saying, we want Frank. Yeah. But she doesn't realize that. She's like, you're not taking my dad. No. That was the- a very good pinhead, by the way. Yeah, I'm well, good. Yeah, I've got a, I've, I'm coming out of a cold, so I've got a really good practicing. low voice at the moment. Yeah. Um, so this is fucking wicked, these things. Yeah, she's like, like, I'm not taking my, you can't take my dad. Like, which you isn't a dad. Him. And it's like, they're basically up, up biting the deal, but she's not. And I think this is where the deal gets broken. Yeah. Because she says no, they're like, well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, like it's, it's cool. Like, cause like. A lot of people are like, why did the fucking Cenobites come after it? Yeah, I think it's because she broke the deal in that yeah. scene. Like, But yeah, it's wicked. Anyhow, she... Um, she runs out. Her and Julia have a bit of a tussle. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she's basically like begging her dad, like, we've got to go now. She still dad, thinks... We, ha- we have to leave. She still thinks that Frank dressing her dad's skin is her dad. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Everything will be fine. And, you know, he's, he's come to daddy. Yeah, he uses the line. Everything will be fine. Come to daddy. And she's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Fucking, you know, the, uh, uh, the all the pieces fall into place. The she, ball has dropped. The ball's dropped. That's what I'm trying to say. She realizes that Frank has stolen her dad's skin. And, and her she basically, dad is dead upstairs. Yeah, she was like, yeah, looking at her dad's corpse and shit. And my, my God, how does this feel? Uh, so and, good. Uh, so she basically just like lunges and sort of claws at his face. And because the skin is still loose, loose it just rips. He gets it's a so good. Claw, like big flesh flaps hanging off his face. Yep. Julia grabs her. You know, they have a tussle. Frank pulls the knife. And he goes to stab Kirsty, but of course Kirsty is just like whoosh. she ducks and covers. She ducks and covers, and just in the nick of time, and he just fucking sticks Julia like a pig and rips her off completely. He feeds off of her. He does. He just he's like, well, and he's like nothing personal, baby. I know. So he's like, he's like, he just used her. Yeah. Um, there is this net, like a confusing bit up here, which I will get into. So Kirsty's run off. Kirsty runs and hides in the room. Where, like, they've been hiding the corpses, the corpses and, yeah. like, you know, uh, fucking Frank's looking for her, like, you know, I'll find you, like a cat and mouse game. She, like, knocks into a cupboard and we see one of the corpses f- fall out. The first guy, fucking maggots just oh, pour so out. so many maggots. So many and maggots. And onto her, but she manages to still remain hidden. Yeah, she does like, not scream. She does like, not vomit. She's just, she like, just m- winces. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, anyhow, Frank finds her <laughs> and chases her into the attic. Yep. Back into the attic. Kirsty falls over her dad's corpse and then realizes at that point, oh, dad, that's my fucking dad. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Um, and then, of course, like, Frank, at the point, there's, there's no Cenobites at this point. They're kind of, they're, they're holding back it still. Yeah, they're like. Because they need him. 
They're kind of hiding. They know what's up. Anyhow, he fucking monologues and, of course, says, come on, Kirsty, come to me. Come to Uncle Frank. Yeah. And as soon as he says that, that's the confession they needed. Because he doesn't look like. They fucking rock up, the Cenobites. They they beam in with their magic, their their, their electric magic. I like them beaming in. That actually comes up later heaps in, like, the comics. Oh, really? Yeah, they can make, uh, they learn to make sigils that if you, that when they, you call them and you beam them in, if they're standing in the sigil, they become powerless. They can't do anything. Yeah, it comes up in, um, a couple, I think it comes up in the films. It comes up in the novels. Anyway, we'll get into that. Ruining stuff. You're very excited. Cenobites rock up. This is the fucking climax. Mm-hmm. They're all in the attic. Frank's in the attic. Kirstie's in the attic. Kirstie's dad skinned in the attic. The room transforms into the fucking hellscape kind of thing. Like, it kind of goes like the whole room. They got transported to that original room with the yeah. chains hanging. There's, like, wooden pole, like, totem poles that spin yeah, they're slowly. Yeah, they're weird. I find them weird, but also very fascinating because there's shit nailed to it. There's, like, hooks with shit hanging there's off. There's, like, eyeballs. Parts. It's all really awesome. Like, it's just such a different visual uh, 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 imagination of hell. Yeah. It's cold. It's, like, it's 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 like it's all kind of based on, like, an S&M dungeon. Yeah, no, of course. It's, it's more, very, like... With, like, the gore attached to it. And it's just, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Fucking beautiful. I don't care what you say. Uh, anyway, the chains. We haven't seen much of the chains. This is no. like kind of the first time. So like Pinhead's main attack, uh, when he's got his power is he can like kind of, he pulls chains from hell with hooks on them. And like, that's how he, uh, drags you into hell. They yep. pull you apart with chains into hell, which is, and the chains effect has always been a good one that I've always thought has always looked good. Cause mm. I assume it's just a shot of a chain, like a camera looking upwards and a chain hanging and they just quickly pull it back and they yeah. reverse it. And it yeah. just looks really... I assume good. that's what they do. Because in the later films, they do CG chains. And I'm like, why would you do that when that effect is flawless? Mm-hmm. Practical effect. Um, they did it in the, the newest one as well. Yeah. It was CG, like... Yeah. Yeah. Why? Yeah. When, they, when you have this ability to make them look completely real... Anyhow, he gets fucking chained. Like, Pinhead goes overboard. It's like he's angry. Everything is like, you know, it's it's through his arms, his shoulders. His, it's, it's basically his holding him off the ground. He's face. levitated. It's, it's pulling his skin to the max. There's also a quick shot of a weird circular saw going up his back. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. And I'm like, like Just oh. to add a bit of like... Are they trying to take his skin off or like what's happening there? We don't know. No idea. We don't know. He is fucking chained. He is like the most anyone's ever been chained. He's just levitating. He's, his body is pulled to its maximum before possible um, death. And he's got one. Uh, Kirsty's kind of running out the room. She's opened the attic door. She's looked back in like that one last look. And he looks at the camera and he just licks his lips and just says, Jesus wept. <sighs> and then he just gets pulled oh. apart. And apparently in the original script, he just says, fuck you. Oh. And like the actor, theater actor, he's like, how about I just say, and he thought back to his days of like being a Catholic kid, like Jesus wept and Clive Barker just lit up and goes, yeah. that's the best. And it is a fucked line. It eh? is for what it is, for what's happening to him. I'm not actually sure. I'm not religious. So I don't actually know what the phrase means. 
Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it, it means something. It's got to have a meaning to it if they're going to put it in and make it but such it, a I, prominent it might, line. I don't. It, it must have something to do with like being tied to a story about like yep. you know where they say Jesus wept or saying like over some significant part in the Bible. I have no idea. Mm. I know I've heard it a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, I I I don't know what it means, but I still got the fucking heaviness of it. That line of him, and he even like was at the point where he was smiling. It's like he, but he's fucked, eh? He's, yeah. He should go to hell. He is a piece of shit. Anyway, he gets ripped apart. We see it. We don't see it as much as I would have liked. I think it, it got cut. It was originally very violent. Yeah. There may be a cut somewhere, but this is the uncut version. But like, it's kind of a real quick flash and stuff. It's a very like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but even though, like, just even the, the pre-rip is pretty fucking gory. Um, Kirsty runs out the room, tries to go down the stairs, but she gets fucking, she gets sidelined. By the, the female center by it. Deep throat. Deep throat. Uh, and she's like, I like this. She's like, she, they have like, uh, belts on with like, their they're all weapons, they're tools. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're torture tools. Like they're, they're always, and they're all surgical. Yeah. They're always like these like bone cutters and mm-hmm. shit. She's mm-hmm. got like a hook and she's dragging uh, the centibite. She's dragging it along the wall and it's bleeding yes, the wall where she drags great. it. She's um, like, you're not leaving us so soon, are you? Yeah. Like, so they're, uh, so obviously because she broke kind of the deal, even though she did bring Frankton, they're kind of like, you know, they do what they want. Well, that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you can reap however many you've got to deal with them, but they can go back on their deals. What's well, going to happen? Also, they can also go against Leviathan, yeah. uh, their, their God, but they just get a little bit punished or reprimanded. But like, I think they're like, they're, when they get cold, they have that massive desire they want to do this shit. And mm. so like, you know, this is their pleasure. Yeah. This is their thing. And they sometimes like go overboard. <laughs> like a Cenobite I will talk about in the next episode. Um... Yeah, so where am I? <laughs> yeah, so she's now, now she's still got the puzzle box. Yeah, in her hand. she's she's got the box now. Um, we get some lightning coming out of the like she she's, starts trying she's to still solve it. trying to solve it again. She's like, well, if I brought them forth, I could get rid of them that way. Yeah, which um, is a known thing. You um, know, Pinhead, he's there and he's ready to take her. He comes up like back. he kind of just. She's like, you know, deep throat's coming to her. She's kind of walking back with trying to solve the box, and he just kind of like appears behind her but comes up like mm. just floats up and he's like so she kind of looks around he's like we and he's like his lines are so good he's like we have such sights to show you and I'm yes like, Fuck yeah and then she starts reconfiguring the box and we get this like orange he's like, lightning he's stop. like no don't do that like really <laughs> slow and um, she talks about she's like go to fucking hell or whatever. Oh, she does that so good. She's just like go to hell. The actors actually didn't like her in the making. Like I they were like Kirsty overacted, and like we were all like she didn't know how to act. Like they're all theater, theater act- people. Yeah, I know. But he goes. But then in the end, like it worked really well. Like they admitted. Like but they said on the day we thought she was just really overacting, but like. It works because she's kind of manic and yes. like this shit is like she's acting like panicked and shit and. And it just seems more realistic that she's yeah. going through trauma. Like you would be in... Because I'm so sick of films where like people die in front of them and they're just like, stick to the plan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, they're My dead. My husband's dead. Keep going. Yeah, got to go now. I'd be like, no, nah, I'm shitting my pants in the corner. And now, as this is kind of happening, like, um, she like she solves the box and it shoots orange magic at the Cenobite. Which I love. Yeah, it the orange super. magic, which is drawn over the frames. Yeah. I love it. Like the magic from fucking... From Warlock. From Warlock. Yeah. Um, and they, like, you know, she, 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 so she warps back Pinhead, she warps back 
deep throat. And they can't come back. Once yeah, so one up. by one, she sends them back to She's, hell. like, doing bits of the puzzle box, yeah. Um, Denim Boyfriend rocks up. Sure. He rocks up in the house. Why he, not? He goes inside and he's like, what the fuck's going on? The house is shaking. The whole house is shaking, by the way. <laughs> As in, like, this yeah. is, like, breaking hell. We've like, now got that, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like Carrie. The house is starting to sort of just fall in on itself. Yeah, yeah. Butterball rocks up. He fucking jumps out and tries to take denim shirt. Denim jacket boy, but the house kind of falls in. That wouldn't hurt him. No. Um, that is that is one bit in this Hellraiser lore. Um, they are so OP when they come to Earth. Like the only way that would have hurt him is if it, like he like walked into like a a glyph on the ground. Yeah. Do you know what though? I'll let it go. You'll let it go. Okay. Anyhow, we have um, a, a scene where Kirsty finds denim denim boy. They hug and like, like he's like, "What fuck's going on? What how shaking? What go down?" And then the fucking, because uh, 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 Kirstie's, the, the box still hasn't been completely solved yet. Yeah. So she hasn't co- closed all the gateways. There's a gateway there and a fucking, the engineer rocks out. Oh, it comes they out. I wanted to use him one more time. Okay. He's like rubbery, fingery hands are trying to grab at the fucking, because he can't come out of hell. No. He can't come all the way out. That's one of his things. If you want to know who the engineer is, uh, he is actually a character within the thing. He is the person who, no, I'm not going to say what he is. Next week. Next week. Next week. The engineer. Yeah. Um, he comes. He's he's part of Hell's plan. He uh, he's trying to grab the box back. He, like, cause he's like, fuck, this is this isn't going very good. Yeah. Uh, they 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 fiddle around. You know, the rubbery hands. And now Kirsty gets it, solves the last fucking thing, blasts him back into hell, and, and closes the gap. Yeah. They fucking run out of the house. Whole house just collapses in on itself, just nothing but rubble. Yeah, this is a weird card, eh? Yeah, it's. So this is like they had no budget at this time. Yeah. So they didn't have a budget to destroy a house or anything. That so that we're, it's represented by the camera shaking. We see a kind of a camera shake and a fade, a fade back in. It's nighttime now, and the house has now just turned into a small bunch of little glowing like fire heaps. They're at a different place. Are they? They are at a different location. They've what gone is to that like place? they've gone to somewhere different. Do you think that that was like uh, it's like uh what do they call them like those uh, uh where like hobo village? Yeah, probably. Because there's all fires lit neatly yeah. around. Uh, yeah, anyway, that's that, happening. They've gone somewhere. Yeah. So she. I thought it was the house turning into it because it was a weird cut. So no, you're probably right. Yeah. I, so I got she that um decides that she's going to burn the box. She throws the box into the flames. Into a, a it's like a fire pit. It's got yeah. rub- I thought it was a house because it had rubble in it, like rocks. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought as well. But like, no, they're in like an industrial area because oh, you can okay. see shit. And now, old mate, Ermite, the the bum, the guy bum from the floor, cricket eating Ermite. He can He rocks up, and he like looks at them, and he walks over, walks into the fire. Grabs the box and he fucking just sets himself on fire. Yeah, he bursts into flames. The box is on flame. Like, it just looks amazing. And Kirsty's there like, what mm, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. Anyhow, he picks up the box and then he turns into his true form, a giant skeletal dragon, and flies off with the box. <laughs> <laughs> and then we are immediately brought back to the opening sequence with the Chinese man asking, what is your pleasure? Yeah, with what the is box your on pleasure, the ta- table. As in, and then... Cut to end. Cut. We get the fucking movie, uh, the music, the credits that comes up, and you got that ending. Like it, it, it just instills like the, like the. Apparently, though, that wasn't in the novel, and that was a Clive Barker last idea that he wanted to create this thing. And they were like, he's like, "Yeah, it'd be cool if it was like a big fucking skeletal dragon." They're like, "We got no money." <laughs> Gave him like the the props guy thirty pounds. 
to go buy a skull and he went and bought like a fucking like the most interesting skull he could find attached horns to its eyes yeah and then it the his bo- the body is just two skeletons put together that they had previously had like shit skeletons as yeah. in like once you have at school you know like those yeah, skeletons yeah yeah you pick it and up and they at, made like, the wings shop. just out like with the like, like just like the stuff they had lying around, and it looks pretty good. Yeah, I look. It, and from that, that became lore in the Hellraiser universe, because like, yeah. and so I consider anything lore is anything Clive Barker creates. Yeah. So he wanted that in there as part of the thing. He's adding. So he, he's he's a writer. Mm. He is adding shit to stuff all the time. This is his universe. He can do that. Yeah. And everything he has added in has been great. And like, I so, think a lot of the newer comics, though, anyone especially now that he's got rights and whatever back, anyone who wants to write a Hellraiser comic or contribute to a Hellraiser comic, they have to go through his... Yeah, yeah. So what it is is like he... We're going to get into this massively next week. Yeah, so he uh, he, co- he co-writes every story. Yeah. He gives them... He has also trusted writers that mm-hmm. he uses for... So for the novels, they're like... The middle novel isn't written by him. I, I don't want to talk about this. I'm talking about this next week. You are very excited. We, If you don't know already, guys, we are doing a full episode next week on Hellraiser. And basically, on, I'm, I'm just going to sit back and let Dan just... Yeah. Yeah, it is going to be mostly me, and I apologize for that. But it's, it's going to be on the lore. We're giving the, the people and the what story. they want. It's not going to be about... So I'm going to go over every comic. I'm going to go about every film, every novel. I'm going to put it into a timeline that makes sense. I'm going to say the bits that aren't canon. I'm going to give you... you by the end of that episode, you're going to know everything about the Hellraiser's story. Mm-hmm. As in, it's not going to be like you're going to know all the facts about the films. I'm not going to get into Clive Barker's background. I'm not going to get how they made shit. It's just going to be the story and i fucking loved researching this yeah you like i i got on the other day just to look at some just basic and i'm like what the fuck how what my notes there's so many notes and then every time i recheck or every time i see you you're like have you seen my notes and it's just bigger and bigger and bigger this is going to probably i'm gonna say it's gonna be our longest episode to date yeah, so it might be one you'll listen to in a couple of parts. But like, yeah. uh, if you're interested in it, which I am, because it, it is a... This is such a, very, a you it's, thing. It's, it's, it's shrouded in Mystery of the Hellraiser mythos and that because there's so much wrong shit. Mm. There's so much like crap shit that's done by studios just trying to hold on to licenses yeah. and they don't care. Three of the films aren't fucking Hellraiser films. No, They're they just... They're branded at the end. You stick a pinhead in there for a, a sequence and then, oh, you've got a Hellraiser film. Doug Bradley film. got so pissed off yeah. with how shit they were. He stopped. He refused work. Yeah, no, exactly. Pinhead. Why would you? Like, you know, a studio's just holding onto a license, but you're crapping out a film that's so crap. Like, and I that's why we're so it. excited about the Hellraiser TV show coming yes. out, which is... Uh, Clive Barker took him to court and finally got his fucking Hellraiser rights back, mm. which is beautiful. So, like, we're going to get into this. Let's yeah. just not do it. I'm, I'm ruining. I'm spoiling bits. Anyhow, but you're spoiling it you because you're so film? excited. I love this film. I haven't rewatched it in a little while, so did it was you, did really you watch nice it with to go back better to. eyes because I go on about it all the time, like a bit yeah, more. Yeah, definitely. Like, and also, like, I listen. Rose-colored glasses. I listen to a different podcast where one of the hosts is like, she's written for the comics. She's like heavily into Hellraiser as a franchise. Like, that is her franchise. Yeah. You know, most of us... Yeah, there are whole YouTube channels just devoted to Hellraiser. Yeah, which is fantastic. they bring out lots... That's what I'm saying. You can... There's enough content within this thing that you can bring out because there is the novels, the comics. Mm. The novels have been going since 1985 or something like that. So... Yeah. And... They spatter. Clive Barker comes in and out of it all the time. But anything Clive Barker writes in, in the comics, 
is considered canon. Yeah. And then people use that from then on. No one else is like allowed to add any canon, it feels like. Yeah, but that's fine. You keep it in, keep it right. And when they do, it's just ignored. But yeah, yeah. so it was very nice to sort of revisit this film with the level of excitement that there was around it. Because like, you know, we had lunch the other day and you were so excited. We had like this great talk. Um, And and the new new film from Hulu. Is it Hulu? It's on Hulu, which means um, either use your VPN or it's going to be on Disney Plus soon. Oh, really? Yeah, because a lot of Hulu stuff comes to Disney Plus. Oh, so hey, um, that, yeah, that, like that, and that I mean that film is a reboot, which it's so unnecessary and weird. We can talk about that next week because we've both seen it, and uh, yeah, you know. I don't know. If we need to though because like there's so much to talk about. There's yeah, some, I, I we'll do see. love it. We'll I, I think though that film um, as a Hellraiser fan has the best design. Uh, cinematics I've ever seen. Oh my god, they looked absolutely amazing. Like um, Jamie Clayton as the new uh, Hell Priestess or Pinhead. Like she looks amazing, and it's they they've gotten rid of this whole leather idea, and it's all flesh. Yeah, I was kind of off that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's eh? fair. The whole, uh, I mean, like, well, they made it not about sex and desire and yes. pleasure and stuff, and I'm like, that's the core basis of it. That's what made it unique. Yes, exactly. Um, they've just brought it back into being a horror film. Mm. But yeah, this film I really enjoyed. It was really nice to revisit. Like you know, I had forgotten how good it was and how great the performances are and i think revisiting it now as opposed to the last time i watched it i've obviously matured a little bit more so i can appreciate the performances from julia and like frank although he is just gross human form and skin man form um it's a lot of them wasn't him in the costume yeah they had to have to have a thin man you know those like like guys, you know, like in Pan's Labyrinth, that, yep. those really thin dudes that get the job as prosthetic monsters and stuff. Yeah. But he does all the voices. But yeah, he's like, like it's an absolutely amazing film. I We get so much gore. We I, This film is definitely so underrated as a body horror film. Like it needs to be talked about a lot more. Yeah. Um, Up there with Cronenberg, as I think. Um. But yeah, it was it really good to really revisit. It feels really taboo, doesn't it? Like, yeah, no, it really it. does. Like, you know, you've got, you've got some 80s boobs, you've got a lot of sex it's a weird sort of relationship that's going on and then you've got like this weird religious thing going on and in yeah, between that it, a lot yeah, of sort of blood not... and gore it's dirty it it's feels like dirty of, like, it's, it's almost like you think you know like you know heaven and hell like mm. no nah, you just had it all wrong yeah it's just this but it's not anyway but yeah. um I, yeah and like i said before this is what as a, a kid, looking at horror films, not allowed to watch them yet. This is kind of what my vision yeah. of what horror films are. Because of the tabooness of it, it brings that sex thing. Another thing that I like didn't have access to as a, as a kid, like it's like you know, it wasn't a thing I knew about, and it was foreign and taboo, and like you know, there was all that kind of stuff. And it, it has all that stuff. It has the gore. It has mm. the sex. It has like the like the the tabooness of religious yep. stuff and. All of it, where like you know, I love Freddy, I love I love fucking Jason and all that shit, but like they don't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can tell this is done by a fucking world builder. Clive Barker is a, a fucking writer. Yeah, he, he is not someone who's just there for a, a paycheck. Yeah, he, he has he, built uh, this world. He's proud of this world, and he's redeveloping again. And he hasn't again actually again. touched this world very much in his whole career. Which well, is... after the second film, so he was involved in the second one, but uh, after that, he was just like, "I'm out with the films." Well, he sold the rights, yeah. I think, and which I, uh, I think he, very quickly. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll get into a little bit into that. But yeah, so you way. enjoyed the film, obviously. This is yeah, yeah, I this love is this film. And I know people don't like it when I like the films, but like this is this is a good. No, film. I like. It. I love. I love because I get to see you a lot. Like we we have lunch twice a week, which is great, and we always talk. And I always love seeing the excitement. You Not know, me. Talk about of, it. Just in in general, like people who are th- like genuinely excited about something, you get a lot out of it as a person. So well, the um, what do you give it? Um, I forgot to rate it, but this is definitely like it's an A and a C. Like it is awesome. See, I don't think it's an A. No, I you don't, don't think, think it's, it's a an movie a? everyone will like. I don't think it's something that everyone My mom will didn't like. like it. No, I. She wouldn't. thought it was like she thought it was a really good horror film, but she was like disgusted. If you are a, this is a C. It's a classic. That, yeah, that's what I get. A classic so worth a watch. If you are into horror film, there are staples in horror. If you're a horror fan, there are certain films that everybody has to see. Yeah, I suppose this it is. This is yeah. one of those films. Yeah, we should classic. I mean, maybe, uh, we should change C to maybe classic that you sh- you have to watch. Yeah, like as you should have watched. Well, even now. then, even as not as a horror fan, like there are just classic films. So, like 101 movies you must see before you die. Hellraiser's on that list. As in not horror. Yeah. Yeah. Or right. just just films in general. Any film. This yeah, is one you of should, those films. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I get a D as a dance special as well. It's got it's the dismemberment. Oh, it doesn't have dismemberment, but it's got that gore factor. I feel that like the only criticism I had, which is such a strange criticism, is there wasn't enough dicks. Yeah. We got a we got a little glimpse of a Frank Dick, but that's yeah. it. It was done at a time when like that shit wasn't mm. like kosher. I know I know we get like, like shock value in a lot of old horror films where they put nudity in it, but it's because like they're never getting the main audience, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so they put that in there to hopefully bring in a couple more things. I yeah, there isn't much. I think it's because like the act of like the pleasure and the sex part of it, it isn't about that surface level like stuff. It's a real deeper like pleasure, lust kind of a, a, a feeling deep down animalistic thing mm. that it's it's preying on and like. Maybe just cheapening it up to say it's just about like stiffies and shit is like it's not really what Clive Barker's going for. No, of course not. Like, you know. And like I don't think like Hellraiser has anything to do like I am not even gonna mention it my next episode. It has nothing to do with like Clive Barker's sexual orientation or anything no. like that. Um it, it's just like he is a fucking horror writer and he wrote a fuck like there's that quote that Stephen King does about Clive Barker, and I've seen it heaps of times. He goes like, I've seen the future of horror, and its name is Clive Barker. Yep. And it's like, yeah. See, I haven't read a lot of Clive Barker's stuff, and I kind of really feel... I've got them all if you want to borrow them. They're all what? short. That's the thing. He doesn't... I like... love a short Oh, no, no, no. no. Like, there are long ones. But, yep. like, I've read, like, his kid's book, his, his young adult book, is such a horror thing. What the fuck young called adult the... book has he written? It's called The Thief of Always. Okay. And it's about a kid who goes... Uh, he like he goes to this imaginary world where it's called it's got a place called the Happy House and it's like you know about that movie Ghost House that, yeah that CG film in the house the oh, Monster House yeah. Monster House yeah it's like that but you go there it's not a monster and you go there and like it's all fun and wicked but every like but it steals time from you it feeds oh you've off. told me about this so yeah you yeah. come back and time has gone past like you've been there for a day and a year's gone past so it eats your time yeah um. Yeah, and it's a kid, it's a it's a young adult or kids book, but it's like in the end, man, it's 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 fucking it's it's a Clive Barker book. Yeah, but like it's in it's doing that whole 
desire yeah. thing. Like kids desire to only have fun and yeah, and like yeah, it's just very cool. And then he's got like Cabal, which is like well, yeah. if we know the film Nightbreed, and that that ties very closely. That one into I Hellraiser. did actually pick up at a secondhand shop for like three bucks. Cabal, the novel, is wicked. Yeah. I don't really like. The film, because mm. like, when I, it, you see the shit, it just doesn't really... I mean, I do like it. We've done the episode. I love fucking the... um, I forgot his name now. The the, the serial killer guy with yep. the fucking uh, uh, buttons for eyes. um, And I love that concept. But I, I think I just... Because you're reading the book and he's describing the things. And when I saw them in the film, it just wasn't... It wasn't right. As real cool as I thought. Where the Hellraiser is as good as the... Like, you know, the Hellraiser is quite, like, the book's quite, ta- uh, not tame, different. Like, yep. you know, he, he, he decided to change Pinhead into a, a man. Mm-hmm. Like, the Hell Priest was a lady in the in the that thing. And then, yep. like, uh, and it was just like, oh, yeah. And they did that because the studio's just like, you know, all the monster tropes at the moment. We've got Freddy, we've got Jason. They wanted to make a new iconic yeah. thing. And they didn't want to have it that it was a woman, Cenobite, versus a woman, Julia, fought with a woman, Kirsty. Yep. They thought it was like... Not that I think that's a problem, but they just thought it was like, you need to break it up a little bit, like well, have yeah. an even amount of the sexes in there. But also, as we know, you can't put females in as leads because people, men, don't want to watch that. We get a lot of complaints. Well, Kirsty's time. a lead. Oh, no, Julia's a lead in this Julia's film. a lead. But yeah. Kirsty's like a side character, but she's like the final girl. Yeah. But she's not the main character. But She's definitely <laughs> not the main character, is she? Yeah, like Julia's the main character here. Yeah. Exactly. But you think about how iconic Pinhead actually is. Like, you can imagine, so we have Pinhead, sorry, we've got Hellraiser 1, we've got Hellraiser 2, and then we've got, like, however many decades of Hellraiser films that are so shit that a lot of them don't even make it to the cinema. They're just, like, straight to DVD, and unless yeah, you're, like, a real were, big yeah. fan, you're not going to watch them. Also, But it's still iconic. Like, you've got kids running around at conventions dressed like Pinhead. Like, he is an iconic horror character. Yeah, he's one of the big... He's in the big five yeah. kind of thing. The Jason, the Michael, the Freddy, the uh, the Pinhead, uh, the Texas Chainsaw. Is that five? Yeah. Yeah, that... that also, I remember, like, because Fangoria used to do, like... Yeah, the Leatherface. And then, of course, you've got the Chucky as well, but... He's a little bit like, different. He's he not, is different. He's, like, in... He's in, like, Chucky. I'd put him in Chucky, Critters... Yeah, uh, those smaller, the smaller threats, <laughs> gremlins, <laughs> little threats. Yeah, the small threats. Uh, fuck yeah. Yeah, Kane. Um, well, in all the excitement, I didn't pick a film for next week, so I'm just gonna just we're gonna watch The Omen. Damien. Yep. Damien Omen. Yes. Um, I can't remember what year it is, but yeah, we're gonna check out The Omen. It's been a very, very long time since I've watched it. And I feel that we should do more films, horrors, at least once in a blue moon from the 70s. And I'm going to push the 60s in the coming year. We'll see what I can get you to watch. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, cracking it in with The Omen next episode. Damien Denominos. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking of South it's, Park. It's literally just us for like an hour being like, how's So before we sign off, we just want to take a moment to thank our listeners for interacting with us in one way or another over the past fortnight. Uh, The guys at Comic Thoughts, Forever and Always, Adam Gillespie, Nether Noose, Emma Duran, William Chappell, but also, Will, it is your birthday today on October 25th, the day this episode comes out, it is your birthday. Wow, it's the first time you've ever been that organised to get something on the day. 
I haven't. It just, it was a happenstance oh. as I was drinking my coffee and doing it this morning. Will actually um, came in my uh, shop and we had a good horror chat the other day. He's so for, excited by the episodes and I love that. I like that he's one of those people that's too scared to watch horror. So he just listens to our like, versions of it and he feels like, I've had enough. He did a deep dive the other weekend and it made me really happy. Um, Tsunami Hija and of course, Patrick Roberts, everyone else, you know who you are. One of your friends, um, Pixel someone. Oh, K. K. Yep. He's, he's named uh, K Lim. Thank you for listening. He said, yes. he's picked up a t-shirt. He's a new listener. Thank you so much. I did see and I missed it. Um, mustn't have come through on our main channel, but you did share something on our story and I completely did not see it. So I do apologize. Um, I look forward to chatting with you a little bit more and hopefully we'll see And the t-shirts going great. Yeah. Thank you to all our fans that like just keep buying our t-shirts. Yeah, we're sold out of mediums. Um, we've still got some smalls, larges and XLs left. We've had some requests for some different sizes and this is going to have, there is a new design coming Oh, out. it's nice. Yeah, it's not going to come out for a while. We're obviously not going to flood the market. No, I need to. I'm going to do some patches as well. We so need you... some money to come back through before we can put it into yeah, other merch. T-shirt runs are expensive. It's we, don't, expensive. we don't do them cheap. No, like, we, t-shirts are like, wait, we nothing the but the best for our listeners. We're doing like we do like r- traditional screen printing. We're mm-hmm. not like iron-ons. No, we're not like uh, 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 you know one of those companies that puts their branding on everything. No, you know, and we could we could quite easily just set up a T public account, and you're going to get our design, whatever D- Dan creates, on a bunch of shirts and mugs and everything. But it's going to be shit quality. And all our pictures are drawn. Yes. Like, they're all my art. You spend a lot of time on it and I love it. Yeah, we got a a new one coming out. What is a. uh, The old one, last one we did was Roadshow t shirt. Yeah, so you did like it's explosive or expansive or. Oh, uh, explosive, explosive video is my my next one. And oh, it's so good. But yeah, that won't be out for a while. No, I actually was like, uh, my brother and sister in law, they both picked up a shirt. And as I was giving it to them, I'm like, oh, you should check out the new design. And they kind of looked at the shirt that I'd given them and they're like, Oh, we should wait for the next one. I'm like, no, no, you can't take it back. No taxis back. Oh, do they like the next one? Then, yeah, it's so it's going to be good. Anyway, you have been listening to Terrorvision Horror Podcast with Dan and Jennifer. We are available on all major podcasting services. So please make sure you to, to like, subscribe, leave a comment, share with all your friends. Please share, like, realistically. Like, we do this for super funsies. Um, but we've seen some growth. We'd like to see a little bit more. Um, you can interact with us on Facebook and Instagram at Terrorvision Pod. It'll keep you up to date with upcoming episodes. And until next time, watch Hellraiser. <laughs>